If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting, this is Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour number two, Point Spread Saturday, rolling along here from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Femi and Bebefe alongside Amal Shah. We're having all sorts of fun here as we are just hours away from Conference Championship Saturday. We've already crowned two conference champions with UTSA and Utah last night. Now we're going to crown eight more. And our picks coming up in 15 minutes here. You're going to want to stick around for those nine of them between the two of us as we get you our thoughts on the conference championship games later on this afternoon and heading into the evening. But first, we wanted to discuss here a little scenarios. The college football playoff will be unveiled tomorrow morning, I believe roughly around 9.30 Pacific time, 12.30 Eastern. And we will have our final four and, of course, lines coming out shortly after that. These were the penultimate rankings that came out earlier this Tuesday. Now, the odds you see next to them, those were earlier in the week. Right now at DraftKings, there are no futures odds that are up. Um, but those are the odds that were earlier this week. Georgia, of course, the odds-on favorite to win the national title at minus 220. But you see that ranking right there. Obviously, with the games coming out today, Amal, I wanted to run through some possible scenarios that could shape what the college football playoff looks like tomorrow morning. So let's assume, Amal, that chalk prevails. This will be scenario number one, the chalk prevails scenario. And if Georgia wins, if Michigan wins, Cincinnati wins, and Oklahoma State wins, this is what I believe will be the college football playoff. You'll have Oklahoma State going up against Georgia, Cincinnati going up against Michigan. So, Amal, if this were the scenario, what do you think the lines would be in the national semifinals? And could we possibly find some interesting value in the futures market coming up here with the CFP being announced later on tomorrow? 
Yeah, I think you're looking at probably Georgia, about a two-touchdown favorite against Oklahoma State. Uh, and then you're looking at a scenario with uh, Michigan. You know, Georgia probably maybe not a complete two touchdowns, but somewhere in that 13-point range. And then Michigan probably about a, a six-point favorite or five-point favorite against uh, Cincinnati. I think they'll be competitive games. Uh, look, I think don't underestimate Oklahoma State. The one problem, though, I think for the Oklahoma State offense would be going up against that Georgia defense. Mm-hmm. I think they would be able to really be effective in terms of slowing them down. Uh, and, you know, I feel like if Georgia wins this game, which I believe they're going to do today, they're really going to kind of culminate this season with a national championship with back-to-back wins. Uh, I think this is the game for them. Uh, you slay the dragon. Even if – even let's say – Oklahoma State wins, Cincinnati wins, Georgia wins, and Michigan loses. I think the team that then falls into the uh, college football playoff is Notre Dame. Even though their schedule is horrific, I, I think Notre Dame with one loss and what they bring to the television market is going to be huge. So, and, and remember, Notre Dame is the only program that is going to bring you Northeast uh, viewers yeah. in, in those big professional markets of Boston, New York, Philadelphia, and D.C., you know, you have a huge following, particularly for the Irish in yeah. that part of the country, Boston. Chicago, of course. Chicago yeah. as well, yeah. So I think Notre Dame is very much alive today if they can get the Iowa Hawkeyes to knock off the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, they need a lot of help right now. Notre Dame right now 25-1, to 1, as you saw there, the odds at DraftKings earlier this week, obviously needing a lot of help. And there is a scenario that involves the fighting Irish. We'll get to that here in just a bit. But the second scenario that I wanted to present to you, Amal, is the Bama wins plus Michigan loses scenario. And in this scenario, and of course this means Oklahoma State still wins the Big 12. Cincinnati takes care of business in the AAC. So if this were to play out, I think we'd have Alabama as the number one team in the country. You'd have Georgia, I think, falls to number two if they were to lose today. Cincinnati, number three. Oklahoma State, number four. What would you make the line? Would it be similar to Georgia, Oklahoma State? Would it be similar to Alabama, Oklahoma State? Or would you maybe 10 points you're looking at here? And yeah. Of course, Cincinnati, Georgia. A rematch of the bowl game that we saw last year with Georgia coming from behind and getting the victory. I, I think Alabama's a prohibitive favorite here. I think the difference is the Alabama offense. I think Alabama's probably, you know, I don't want to sit there and say it's the same thing as Georgia's a six-point favorite. Maybe I'm underestimating the line against Oklahoma State. And maybe it's even 17 points and Alabama's a 14-point favorite. But I think the Crimson Tide are a prohibitive favorite against Oklahoma State, somewhere in that 13-14 range. Yeah, Crimson Tide right now, plus 650 to win the national title. And if you think that Alabama can win the national title, obviously bet them on the money line today against Georgia, I think would be the play there. I don't think there's really much value in taking plus 650, but it would be a pretty solid number to have if they win. Because if they win today, they're going to be the number one team in the country. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, The next scenario that I wanted to roll through with you is the Michigan and Alabama loses scenario. So now Michigan loses the Big Ten. Alabama, of course, loses the SEC Cincinnati wins the AAC, Oklahoma State wins the Big 12. In this scenario, Amal, I think the playoff would be Notre Dame at number four, taking on Georgia, who would be number one, and then you'd have Oklahoma State and Cincinnati. That's an interesting semifinal, but what would you make the Lions in this game? You know, uh, again, Notre Dame is going to be a huge underdog against Georgia, probably about uh, 11 points there. Maybe bigger than that, maybe 13 or 14. And, you know, again, I, I think I'd have to adjust that George Oklahoma State line probably to 17 now that I think about it. Notre Dame probably about a 14 point dog against Notre Dame. And then Oklahoma State, Cincinnati, uh, this one's tough for me to call. Uh, I'm not sure who'd be the favorite here. Th- this one I would lean towards the Bearcats, but I don't say that definitively. That- that's why I leave this stuff to the odds makers. I know. I mean, Oklahoma State, Cincinnati would be a fascinating semifinal because, like you said, it's. 
either way, I think if you were to give three points to the other side, I think everybody would gobble up the three. You'd probably look at a pick em game, maybe one, two and a half or so would be the max you'd see on that game. I, I think if Notre Dame were to play Georgia and they were less than a 14-point favorite, I think the line would get hammered. Sp- yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> why I think it would open by 14, loaded. 14 and a half, exactly. I would be locked and loaded on the Bulldogs ready to go in that game. The next scenario I want to present to you, Amal, this is our fourth scenario in CFP scenarios. Cincinnati loses, Alabama wins. So Alabama wins the SEC, so Georgia would lose that. Michigan still wins the Big Ten. Cincinnati loses the AAC. That goes to Houston. Oklahoma State still wins the Big 12. In this scenario, I think we would see Bama one, of course, Georgia number two, Michigan three since they win the Big Ten, Oklahoma State number four. So if it's Oklahoma State against Alabama, you mentioned that earlier we saw that scenario, but Michigan taking on Georgia. What do you think the line would be in that game? I, I think Georgia's probably about a uh, six, six, seven-point favorite. I, I think it's going to be something similar to what we saw against Ohio State. Remember, that was a home game for Michigan, so I think Georgia's mm-hmm. going to be a fairly prohibitive favorite in that matchup as well. So six or seven points between Georgia probably, and Michigan. Yeah. Remember, remember, this could be a preview of the national title game. Uh, not a process, a preview, but this could be what the national title game is if chalk were to prevail yeah. uh, all throughout the conference championship Saturday and, of course, into the CFP later on on New Year's Eve. So the final scenario I wanted to present to you, Amal, is the fifth scenario, the chaos scenario. This is the scenario that if everyone loses but Georgia still wins. So Georgia wins the SEC, but Oklahoma State loses the Big 12. Cincinnati loses the AAC. Um, just Michigan loses the Big 10. The four teams that would make the playoff, in my opinion, I think you'd get Baylor into the playoff as the number four team. I think you'd get Notre Dame sliding up to number three. Alabama, even though they lost, I think goes up to number two in this scenario. So you have Georgia taking on Baylor, Alabama taking on Notre Dame. What do you think the lines would be in this game? Well, it'd be interesting. I I just – I. I don't Makes know. you think, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, look, Notre Dame's going to be a 14-point dog or so against Alabama. Baylor, similar scenario against Georgia. But I, I don't really see Alabama moving up to number two. I mean, I don't who, know. Who hard. would you put number two in that spot? You know, I, I think I, – I really don't know. I mean, I think when you look at it, who is Alabama's best win of the year right now? Ole Miss? Yeah, I'd say Ole Miss, yeah. See, to me, I would make the argument that Michigan deserves to be in over Alabama based on, uh, you know, you got to win against Ohio State. Well, they have lost to Iowa. I'm trying to think, well, who else Michigan has beaten? They beat Penn State. Mm-hmm. Alabama would have wins over A&M is basically the equivalent of uh, Penn State. Yep. And then you've got a win over Ole Miss. Uh, I would argue that Ohio State's better than Ole Miss. Um, yeah. So, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. It depends on how this Georgia-Alabama game plays out. Is it close? Is it competitive? I can tell you one thing. I'm sure those guys have run through the scenarios. Like, hey, if this happens, if this happens, who are they putting in there? The one team that's in the best spot is Notre Dame because they have the singular loss, and they're just going to sit back, even though they're not they deserving of it. Week. Yeah. yeah, they're not deserving of getting in because the schedule is so bad. Think about this. Notre Dame has not beaten a team that is over 500 since September. There are a couple of teams on their schedule, Virginia, uh, that's at 500, but not, not a team that's over 500 since September. So it'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out. Yeah, I think that's – Baylor, Georgia, I mean, that one, what's the line on that? I mean, you're looking at 19, 20 yeah, so, I, Baylor, I'd Georgia. 17, 18 points for sure, maybe 19 or 20. You're right, yeah, it's going to be a huge line. I mean, it's going to be tough for Baylor to move the ball against that defense. Yeah, look, I don't think any of these scenarios are going to come to fruition. I think Georgia wins this game today and then everything else that transpires after that. I don't think Alabama gets in if 
if Cincinnati and Oklahoma State win, well, the Oklahoma State game's early. If Oklahoma State wins, I think it's going to be a real problem for Alabama to get yeah. in with a loss against Georgia. Bama, the only way they get in if they lose is if everyone else loses. Yeah. That's And that's why like the everyone loses scenario, I would still think Alabama gets in just because they're probably one of the four best teams in the country, but you know, also got to prove it on the field. You can't just be probably. You got to also win the games they have to matter. With all of that discuss, discussion that we've just had there, where do you think the value then comes in in terms of the national championship odds? Because right now you're looking at Georgia. Earlier this week was minus 220, Alabama plus 650, Michigan plus 850, Cincinnati 16 to 1, Oklahoma State 14 to 1, Notre Dame 25 to 1. Everything after that probably don't need to mention, unless Baylor 200 to 1. The everyone loses scenario. They might get in 200 to 1. That'd be a pretty good ticket to have. Where do you think the value would be there? Would it be with a Michigan or, or where, no, you, where can, you, you can bet teams two through two through five. I mean, you can bet Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati, and Oklahoma State at the numbers there. They're at plus eight fifty, plus six fifty, six, Cincinnati sixteen to one, Oklahoma State fourteen to one, and then you hope you get one of the teams to the national. You obviously get one of the teams to the national title mm-hmm. game against Georgia, and you can hedge off. Yep. I mean, the way the numbers are so far out of whack, and especially if you don't want to take Alabama, if you assume Georgia's going to win today. Then you don't take even Bama. You can take these numbers at plus 850, 16 to 1, and 14 to 1. And then you can just take Georgia on the money line in the national title game because they're not going to be, you know, a minus $7 or something against, uh, against Michigan. Yeah. I think, I think if you think Georgia's going to win also, I take a look at Michigan. Michigan double-digit favorites. If they win that game, they're number two in the country. Yeah. They avoid Georgia until exactly. the national title game. Absolutely So I right. think that's a pretty good look there. So, we break down all the CFP scenarios. Hopefully, you're able to get some valuable, actionable info out of all that based on what you think happens later on this afternoon. Coming up on the other side, picks, baby. Who's going to win their conference championships? We'll discuss. It is VCB Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening what's up everybody this is Stephen a smith when i'm not at my day job first tape you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen a smith show podcast tune in every monday wednesday and friday at the very least as i bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports pop culture business and politics You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So... 
Listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. We have a new prop tracker now available on VSEN.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to VSEN.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data. For every game now at vcin.com slash NFL. Point spread Saturday rolling along here. Championship Saturday in college football. Family and Bebefe Amal Shah coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Coming up in 15 minutes, Mark Zinno, our VEASAN SEC correspondent, will join us to discuss all things Bama, Georgia, and of course the other games on this conference championship Saturday. But first of all, it is time. The time that folks are getting the pen and paper out. It is time to find out. What sides and totals we like today in a championship Saturday? And, of course, your plate is pretty heavy, Amal. Six plays for you. I got three of them. So, of course, if you do the math, nine between the two of us. But we'll give you the honors of kicking us off here. Who do you like today in championship Saturday? Let's start with the early games. The Oklahoma State game now up to six. So, you know, I'll go ahead and take that one up to seven Look in my that. opinion. Market mover. Uh, well, it was, you know, this line has been moved this morning, but yesterday was at five and a half earlier in the week, same thing. Yep. I actually got Oklahoma State much earlier in the week uh, and took it at uh, three and a half and four. It was a slight tick down at one point down to three and a half. But, you know, the one thing is, in this game, I would have taken it up to seven. I loved Oklahoma State. Remember that first game, Femi? Uh, they had three interceptions. They would have crushed them. Baylor couldn't move the ball against this Oklahoma State defense. I don't think things are going to change too much. And we saw it last night with Utah. It was an absolute replica of game number one in Salt Lake City 13 days ago. Yeah. Domination by the Utes and give them a ton of credit now going to the Rose Bowl. Uh, the game we mentioned earlier today in Carson, San Diego State taking on Utah State. I love the Aztecs in this game. I like the way they're playing. I thought that was a momentum-building win for uh, Brady Hoke and his team. I think the Aggies are in trouble. To, bar to borrow the line from Davo Sweeney, them boys are in trouble. <laughs> and uh, I think that's going to be the case for the Aggies here today. Going up against our producer, and that's why I was giving him a hard time about App State earlier this morning, Louisiana, the Raging Cajun, in a revenge spot for App State. I think Lewis and company are too much. I think they win this football game at home, send Billy Napier out in the right way. I think Louisiana wins this game. Remember, on an 11-game winning streak, I look, uh, I'd like them to win this game against App State. And this is going to be kind of an uh, unpopular pick, Femi. Georgia-Alabama. I have Georgia to win the SEC. Took them before the season started at 2-1. to one. 
I like Georgia over the total in this game, Alabama over 49.5. I think Alabama's going to score some points. I think Georgia's going to put up 30-plus points. I think I think this game, we could easily see a 31-20 scenario. I don't even know if you necessarily hold Alabama to 20 points. We did see Auburn do a tremendous job. If that's the blueprint, I think we could see Georgia really suffocate and dominate this team. But if you're Georgia, to me, I know you're not going to run up the score if there's an opportunity against you know Nick Saban. Kirby Smart and Nick Saban are incredibly close. I remember when they played the national title game, Terry Saban, his, Nick Saban's wife, made a great comment when asked playing Georgia. She goes, it's like playing one of your own kids. You don't yeah. want to have to do it. But if you're Georgia, this is an opportunity. Don't be like the movies where they're like, hey, I should kill you now, but the movie would be over 20 minutes in. Kill the <laughs> opponent right now. End this thing. Put these guys out of their misery. Bury them to a point where you go, Georgia is the team to beat coming into 2022 after they culminate this season with a potential national championship. And then going to go to the Big Ten. Look, I know a lot of people like Iowa in this matchup. To me, the difference in this game is Iowa's more physical than Ohio State at the line of scrimmage. That'll be one thing. But I think when you look at it from an offensive standpoint, Iowa and Ohio State should never even be mentioned in the same <laughs> breath unless we're talking Chuck Long and Ronnie Harmon, you know, compared to the Ohio State offense. No chance. I think Michigan wins this game in a lower-scoring game, but I think it's the Wolverines who dominate. We saw the blueprint with Wisconsin. Run the football, stop the run. Michigan's going to be able to stop the run. They did a tremendous job against a far better running back in Henderson than they will against Goodson in this Iowa team. I like the Wolverines laying 11 here. And then I think the game of the day, I didn't play the over in this game because I think this is going to be a better advantage of laying the three with Pitt because they've got the better defense against Wake Forest. But you want it, in my opinion, the best quarterback matchup all day is going to be in this matchup between Pittsburgh and Wake Forest. You've got Kenny Pickett, who's tremendously accurate. It's going to be a first-round pick next year in the NFL draft, going up against Sam Hartman. Dave Clawson's done a tremendous job with this Wake Forest team. I'm going to give the edge to Narduzzi and his team right now. Line going up to three and a half. I got no problem laying this number up to four even. I think Pittsburgh wins this game. Yeah, the market definitely agrees with you. This was sitting at two earlier at open. I saw threes earlier in the week. Just yesterday, ticked up to three and a half, and you could see four by the time it kicks off here with Pittsburgh as the favorite. That game taking place in Charlotte, North Carolina. Total 71 and a half. Should be fireworks there in the ACC title game. So those are Amal's plays. Just to recap, Oklahoma State land five and a half. He likes that one up to six or maybe even seven, possibly Amal. Yeah, absolutely up to seven. Because right now we're seeing six and a half as a consensus line in the market. Wow, San Diego okay. State lands six. Louisiana, he has on the money line plus 120 in the market. Starting to see those threes disappear at Circa and at Westgate. Uh, at South Point, it's still here as App State minus three. But I think a lot of folks like in Louisiana at home getting points in that spot. But you're not even dealing with the points. You're just taking them on the money line. And of course, Georgia, Bama over 49 and a half. Like I mentioned, I think the over, uh, I believe it was last check, eight and one last nine games in this series between these two teams. So. Not a bad look there with the over 49 and a half. And, of course, you're laying the points with Michigan minus 11 and laying it with Pitt minus three. So those are Amal's plays. Here are my plays for college football championship Saturday. And we'll start with the American Athletic Conference. And I'm going to take the points with Houston plus 10 and a half. Uh, Cincinnati, I think, is a really good team. One of the four or five best teams in the country. But in this spot, with everything at stake, they have never, ever been in this situation is it the absolute biggest game in program history and this is a houston team we talked about it at the top of the show they've won 11 straight games and if not for the bad showing in week one it could be houston that's trying to get into the college football playoff with an undefeated record here i think houston is a very good team they've been overlooked just because cincinnati has been the story of the college football season outside of georgia 
You're going to give me two possessions, 10 in the hook. I'm going to take that every single time. Houston might get blown out. We'll see what happens. But in this spot, I like Houston catching 10 and a half points against the Bearcats. In the SEC title game, I'm laying the points with Georgia. Minus six and a half. And then this one, it was three and a half earlier when there was like a look ahead of uh, four weeks ago of this potential matchup. It was four coming up here a couple weeks ago. Now it's six and a half based on what we saw in the Iron Bowl last week with Alabama struggling against Auburn. But I think this Georgia team, especially their defense, is all time great. And I think we do this thing in the betting market where sometimes we're too slow to embrace all time great units or teams we saw this two years ago Amal. i'll take you back to lsu lsu tigers offense joe burrow jamar chase justin jefferson clyde edwards alaire just talent all all over the board all throughout november we heard about lsu's defense is a little shaky they gave up points to florida what's their defense going to do when they play the good teams the alabamas the georgias or they have to play a clemson in the playoff maybe an ohio state in the playoff we heard about we just kept hearing people nitpicking at lsu's defense and it was in this spot, the SEC title game. I believe they were about a seven-point favorite against Georgia, perhaps, in that game. And I took Georgia that day because I said, you know what? We'll see. I like Georgia's defense. I think they can slow them down. They blew them off the field, 37 to 10. Right. Because that was an all-time offense. I think we need to embrace this Georgia Bulldogs defense as an all-time defense. And I get the things that people say about their offense. Stetson Bennett, I'm not super comfortable with Stetson Bennett. I don't think he's very good. But for this team, he doesn't have to do anything. Hand the ball off to the two stud running backs, and you're going to win the game by two possessions. That's Georgia's game plan. It's been their game plan all year long. And even though the offense isn't a juggernaut, I think defensively, I said it about four or five weeks ago, I don't think there's a single team in the country that can score 30 points on Georgia. I think that comes to fruition today. I think the Georgia Bulldogs win at least by double digits in this spot. I'm laying the six and a half. I'm not scared of Alabama and Nick Saban. Oh, Saban's catching points. Oh, first time since 2015. Don't care. He's catching points for a reason. The Bulldogs far and away the better team, and I think they show it later on this afternoon. And finally, in the Big Ten Championship game, Iowa plus 11. I hear what you're saying about Iowa's offense is just dreadful. And Iowa, to be honest, has probably been one of the luckiest teams in college football this season. When you look at some of their victories, I mean, heck, look at last week's game against Nebraska. I had Nebraska at a pick them there, and I thought I was, in the, I was in the clear. And, of course, they blow the game down the stretch there. Iowa block punt touchdowns. But this is just what Iowa does. We can keep saying that they're lucky, 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 but they keep finding ways to get lucky. And eventually, luck is just – opportunity meeting preparation and this Iowa team is always one of the better prepared teams in the country Kirk Ferentz knows what he's doing in these spots I think they shorten the game you see the total it's a very low total you're going to give me an 11 in a game where it's going to be punched in field position so I'll take the Iowa Hawkeyes getting 11 of course Michigan they don't need style points they just need to win the game and I think it's a Michigan team that will just win the game. I think Michigan wins by a touchdown. But you're giving me 11, so I'm going to take the Hawkeyes them all. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I don't have a problem with taking the Hawkeyes here, even though I took Michigan. I, I think this one could go either way. And I see your point of view in terms of why you like the Hawkeyes here. For me, the one problem is, and this is where Iowa separates itself from the upper tier of the Big Ten from a negative perspective. Mm -hmm. You look at Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin. Forget the Wisconsin offense, but they know Iowa's one-dimensional. 
they can shut them down. And that's where, if you, to me, I think Penn State could have blown their doors off again if it wasn't for the Clifford injury. McNamara, I, I think he was the most unsung player all of last weekend in college football. Everyone points to Hassan Haskins and what he was able to do on the ground, but I thought McNamara's accuracy was the difference now. Michigan in a controlled climate, I, I like their chances a lot against this one-dimensional Iowa offense. Yeah, no, it's going to be an interesting game in the Big Ten. We both feel like Michigan's going to win the game, but I think Iowa can keep it close. Amal, he's laying the points with the Wolverines. So my picks to recap, Houston plus 10.5, Georgia minus 6.5, and, and of course Iowa plus 11. On the other side, Mark Zinno, our VEASAN SEC correspondent, joins the show next. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSN, the sports betting network. The VEASAN Bowl betting guide is almost here with everything you need to bet smarter on every bowl game. This year's guide provides matchup analysis on all 41 bowl games, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your best bets. The guide is designed to give you an edge whether you're betting on every game, playing contests, or just want to find a few key high-value props. The guide drops December 13th. Make sure to get your copy today for only $19.99 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Point spread Saturday rolling along from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shaw. It is championship Saturday, and it is 6.30 Pacific, 9.30 Eastern, which means, Amal, it is time to bring in our weekly guest one, Mark Zinno, our VEASAN SEC correspondent. Mark, appreciate you joining us once again here on Point Spread Saturday, as you usually do every single week. And this is the week we've been waiting for, Mark. And before we get into the matchup of Alabama and Georgia, I want to ask you a specific question as it pertains to the Crimson Tide. Alabama right now plus 650 to win the national title. If they lose today, are they out of the CFP? Most likely. They would need a lot of help and a lot of chaos to go on. You need Cincinnati to lose. You need Michigan to lose. Um, you, you need a whole bunch of help from around college football. And I think the team that's really going to benefit most from the chaos, honestly, is Ohio State. They could probably sneak back in if you get a Michigan loss and you get a Cincinnati loss and you get an Oklahoma State loss. Then the committee would probably revert back to, okay, who actually are the four best teams in America. And despite Ohio State's loss to Michigan and the early season loss to Oregon, it's the best offense in the country. Their defense is certainly one of the better ones, although contrary to what we saw in the final week of the regular season, I think that they would probably benefit more than Alabama would uh, from chaos happening. Ohio State probably gets back in. First of all, I like your comments that are pro-Ohio State there. But more importantly, <laughs> Mark, I just like the fact that when you moved down from the Northeast, you didn't develop a Southern accent like Brian Kelly did down in Baton Rouge this week. Uh, really a <laughs> tremendous job by you in two, three days not developing that accent. So uh, now Don't I'm going to throw a question to you that deals with the South here today. We were talking about this matchup with Georgia and Alabama. And Femi made a great point. This team has been so dominant defensively. And if you look at the last six games, people have been able to put Alabama's offense into precarious situations by bringing pressure. If you are Kirby Smart and Todd Monken, are you looking to bring pressure? Or do you just sit back in coverage and say, hey, listen, we got to make sure we bracket Jamison Williams. Not really worried about John Mechie beating me over the top. Slade Bolden can catch some underneath routes. But I don't – and the running game, you know, this with Trey Sanders is not the same running game. I mean, it seems like everything is in the perfect alignment for Georgia from a defensive standpoint going up against Bryce Young in this offense. Yes, the Bama offensive line is a problem and has been all season long. You talk about their run game, inconsistent at best, just 150 yards per game. That's 10th in the SEC. 
We know about running back Brian Robertson, may or may not play, won't be effective against the SEC's best rush defense. Now, you look into the passing game for Alabama. The offensive line's still a problem, guys. They give up three sacks a game. That's 112th out of 130 teams in America. They have one of the most mobile quarterbacks in Bryce Young, and yet he still gets dropped 36 times in 12 games this season. What do you think a Georgia defense that's fifth in America in sacks is going to do to this offensive line? And for all of Bryce Young's mobility, you know how many yards Bryce Young has rushed for this season, guys? Negative nine. The most he's rushed for in a game is 42 against Tennessee. So if he's not going to run and take off, he's going to go down. That's a big advantage for Georgia. I'll give you one more nugget. Look at a key number of four, as in four sacks. All four times this year, Bama has given up four sacks in a game. It was a loss to A&M and three close wins over LSU, Arkansas, and Auburn. So I know it's easy to get sucked into Alabama catching a touchdown. It's just way too many points. How am I not going to take the tide here? But, guys, the separation between these two teams is clear. The only way Bama can cover and or win is if they can limit a Georgia offense that scores 40 points a game and hold them to a number that's in the 20s. If you believe they can do that, you take Bama in the under. I don't. I'm on Georgia. I know a lot of the tickets are on Georgia. I know a lot of the money is on Georgia. But clearly, this is a special defense and a special team we're watching. Mark, just want to ask you real quickly, do you feel that Temple, if Alabama decides to go with quick uh, quick Temple, which they have done at times, could be a little bit of a challenge? Or at the end of the day, the defensive front is just too good, and you alluded to what the offensive line deficiencies with Alabama could be the problem. I think it's smart, too. If you go back to the Georgia game against Tennessee, now Hendon Hooker, the quarterback of Tennessee, is probably the most similar quarterback they've seen all year long the Georgia defense has to Bryce Young with his mobility. The difference is Hendon Hooker will take off and run, and Bryce Young won't, as I just mentioned. But that said, Tennessee went with a little sugar huddle on their first couple of drives. They were able to move down the field. They scored a touchdown early. They were able to put 10 points up in the first half. I mean, that's probably the best thing to do to Georgia to be able to get them off balance. But it's a question of how much can you sustain it. They're not going to be able to run the ball, so they're going to make Bama one-dimensional. If Georgia can cover for three seconds, if that's, that would be my goal if I'm Kirby Smart. If my DBs, if you can hold, cover for three seconds, our guys are going to get home and we're going to have a huge advantage. I think that's where it is. The sugar huddle, probably a smart, wise play, but if you're not effective at it and you have incomplete passes and you're going three and outs, it's going to be an even bigger advantage for Georgia. We're speaking with Mark Zeno, our Vston SEC correspondent. Mark, you are on Georgia minus six and a half. So I want to transition to the Big 12 title game, kicking off in less than three hours down there in Jerry World. Right now, the Oklahoma State Cowboys, six and a half point favorites with a total of 45 and a half. Where do you see the value in this matchup? I like Oklahoma State. Uh, I jumped on them early, uh, and so I w- I'm not even scared that the line has come down a little bit. I-, I mean, this is one of those things where it's like Oklahoma State covers or barely wins outright. I'm not really sure I see a Oklahoma State field goal win. Oklahoma State's got one of the best rush defenses in America. I think they're sixth in the country right now. And so Baylor is a team that likes to run. They average nearly 225 yards on the ground per game. But they actually average more rushing yards per game than passing yards per game. So it's kind of like the irresistible force versus the immovable object. Blake Chapin has taken over at quarterback, starts to throw a little bit more. I would probably rely on him early on and see if Baylor can get things going in the passing game to get Oklahoma State on their heels. And with a very low total for a Big 12 championship game at around 46 and a half, 
Uh, I would tend to think that the over probably failures, favors Baylor more than it does Oklahoma State. If Oklahoma State can slow the pace and, and get things down to where it was sort of the tempo when these first two, the first meeting these two teams played, when Oklahoma State won 24-14, to 14, I think that's probably the, the style and game that Oklahoma State wants to play. If Baylor, you talk about up-tempo, if they can get up-tempo and start to move the ball quickly um, and force Oklahoma State's offense to try to play catch-up or put them in situations where they have to convert on third downs, I think that's where Baylor could take advantage. But I trust this Oklahoma State defense immensely. They're really good guys. Their pass defense is also really good. And I just don't think that Baylor has enough weapons on the offensive side to take advantage in this game. Yeah, Agree with a lot of points you made there. Uh, Oklahoma State only giving up two point yard, two point eight yards per carry. It's going to be a real challenge, and especially if Bohanna can't go here for Baylor. Mark, want to go to the Big Ten, Indianapolis tonight, eight o'clock Eastern. Iowa taking on Michigan. You know, I thought these two games we had in the last two weeks, Michigan, Ohio State, and Georgia, Alabama, were program defining games for Georgia and for Michigan in the last decade or so. Obviously, outside of the national championship. And now Michigan wins this game. They've got an opportunity. If they don't win today, I think last week is completely null and void. How do you see this matchup? I feel like Michigan carries that momentum from last week. Well, I do. And the reason I think that Michigan isn't going to have much of a problem today is twofold. One, when you have letdown games, it's usually the offense that lets down. Defense travels, guys. I mean, defense is never one of the things where – if you get if Michigan gets gets forty put up on them today, it's because they were outcoached, outschemed, and underprepared. It's not because their defense all of a sudden just decided to take the day off. It, that doesn't work that way. Offenses can have bad execution, bad timing. They can just be lax and not be as sharp, and other teams can take advantage. So Michigan's defense, one of the better ones in America, will travel today. I have no concerns about them. And against an Iowa offense, that guys, I don't know how they're going to score. Like Spencer Petras is back at quarterback. I just don't see Iowa getting to 14. That's how good this Michigan defense is. If Iowa somehow gets into the mid-20s, Michigan might not even win the game. They're definitely not going to cover, but they might not even win the game. I just don't see it happening. I, I, I get what people are saying about last week being invalidated if they lose this game. I think it's a lot of grandeur and a lot of talk. It does matter no matter what that Harbaugh was able to beat Ohio State. Trust me. Like, nobody's going to forget that. He needed to do it at this point in time. So, while it doesn't mean as much, it's still a big deal for him to go out there and beat his rival. But I honestly, I know a lot of people are on Iowa here. There's a lot of, more of the public is on Iowa, and I get it and I understand it. But this Iowa offense is problematic, guys. They're just not going to find a way to the end zone on a routine basis. As long as Cade McNamara and the Michigan offense take care of the football, they're going to be fine. They're going to be able to run the ball today. I know Iowa's rush defense is really good as well, but still, this is about control and tempo. I think you get the better team, the better defense, and, and right now probably the better coach with Jim Harbaugh feeling himself after the Ohio State win. I, I don't mind. It's not a huge play for me. I don't mind laying the 10.5 at Michigan today. I think they cover. Mark, we got about 15 seconds. Who do you like in the ACC title game? Wake Forest taking on Pitt. Pitt right now, 3.5-point favorites, total 71.5. I'm laying it with Pitt. Uh, this is about their defense, fifth-best rush defense in America. Uh, they will be able to force Wake Forest to be one-dimensional. I know the pit secondary is problematic, but uh, I would tell people, good luck sweating out the under 72. Two of the three times this year that uh, Wake has had a total in the 70s, the under has come in. I'd lean on the under in this spot. All right, pre appreciate you, Mark. We'll have a talk with you next week. Coming up, we wrap things up on the other side here on v Sports Betting Network. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday... I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Follow the Money is hitting the road next week. Mitch Moss and Polly Howard will be live from the new DraftKings Sportsbook at Foxwoods Casino in Ledyard, Connecticut, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. If you are in the area, come down and meet the guys and be sure to tune in every day from 7 to 10 a.m. Eastern. Follow the Money on the road, baby. Beeson taking over the Northeast. We were already in Weehawken earlier this football season. Now in Connecticut. How about that? All right. It is the final segment a point spread Saturday, championship Saturday in college football. Femi and Bebefe alongside Amal Shah as we have about 
11 minutes or so left in the show here, and we've got some key line movements in some of these games. The Big 12 title game kicking off in about two hours and 15 minutes down there in Jerry World, Arlington, Texas, between Baylor and Oklahoma State. And at Circa Amal, we've seen Oklahoma State hit seven. The Cowboys now laying seven points, minus 105 on the juice. They have the total at 45, the consensus total 45 and a half. Obviously, the uncertainty of Baylor's quarterback, Jerry Bohannon. Will he play? Will he not play? If he doesn't play, it'll be Blake Shapin. That's the quarterback for the Bears. But what do you think about that line movement? I know you're on Oklahoma State laying five and a half. Market is obviously in agreement with you now that it's hit seven at Circa. Yeah, but Shapin didn't play too bad against Texas Tech, 20 for 34 for 254 yards and two touchdown passes. But it's going to be a real challenge against this Oklahoma Oklahoma State defense, and I think if you're Mike Gundy in the offense, you don't need to take unnecessary risks because of how good your defense is. So in certain situations, if you got a fourth and short, you might be more apt to punt than necessarily to roll the dice a little bit. This is not one of those scenarios where I think if you're Alabama, you may take some chances because of the Georgia defense. They may put you in a spot where you're like, hey, we got to roll the dice here. We may not have as many opportunities to get into this position. So mm-hmm. we'll see how these games play out, but still leaning towards Oklahoma State here, and the money continues to come in on them. Yeah, uh, how do you think about Spencer Sanders? Because I mean, one play, he looks like, wow, this guy could be a first-round pick. Another play, it's like, whoa, what's going on there? How do you think he handles this pressure pack game with Oklahoma State, obviously the favorite, and it being the biggest game in the program's history? Yeah, this is, you know, Sanders has been a little bit inconsistent. You alluded to it, two picks against Oklahoma last week. Um, but he's got good mobility. He can run the ball, and that's one of the things that I think can make a difference for Oklahoma State offensively is their ground game. And, you know, Martin's been terrific for them uh, in terms of catching the football. But Warren has been really the catalyst for this offense in terms of what he's been able to do running the ball. And I think that'll make the difference. If he's effective on the ground, which I think he'll be, I think they should be able to win this game comfortably. Now, you've been saying it all throughout the show. You think the game of the day might be in Charlotte, North Carolina later on this evening, 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern, between Wake Forest and Pittsburgh, ACC title up for grabs. This line right now is Pitt laying 3.5, total 71.5. We had Mark Zinno on, our VEASAN SEC correspondent. In the last segment, he said he likes Pitt. You said you like Pitt. Anything on the total in this game, 71.5, a lot of people would say is a big number, but some pretty good offenses that are going to be going up against each other in Charlotte, North Carolina. I think you're going to see a ton of offense because I don't think Wake Forest is going to keep uh, Pittsburgh under uh, 40 points. I, I think Pittsburgh's going to absolutely flourish offensively in this game. So from my perspective, I, I would be looking at taking Pitt. And if you like to play the total, play the game over. I think both teams are going to be able to score some points in this one. Yeah, this game is going to be an interesting game. Kenny Pickett, possible dark horse Heisman candidate. We'll see if he can put up a big performance in that game, kicking off, like I said, 5 o'clock on the West Coast. We've seen line movement in the Big Ten, obviously not around a key number, but some line movement in favor of the Michigan Wolverines. This was at Circa just moments ago. Michigan now 11.5 point favorite, so it's ticked up from 11, now gone to 11.5. The total still 43.5. You like Michigan laying the 11. I took Iowa plus 11. Obviously, the market is in agreement with you, thinking that this Wolverines team is just far and away better than the Hawkeyes. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, this is a great opportunity for Michigan. I think they're a more complete football team. Femi, I think part of the problem has been for Michigan. Look, if we really look at what Michigan is this year, a 11-1 team, they should probably be a 14-point favorite against this team. This team in the first four weeks of the season, I know these are some pedestrian offenses they played, including you're Washington Huskies. Hey, now, settle down. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this is a team that wasn't giving up a ton of points defensively. They gave up 14, 10, 10, and 13. Um, yeah, against Nebraska, they gave up some points. 
But also, Ohio State, forget that because they, we know they've got an elite offense. In Michigan State, Kenneth Walker, one of the best running backs in college football, and they gave up 23 points in the second half of that game. For the most part, Michigan has been very dominant defensively, and I think Iowa, the way they play offensively, really plays in their hands. I thought Mark Zeno made a good point. If the Hawkeyes score in the 20s, Michigan's probably not covering in this game. But in your opinion, is this maybe inflated? Because I look at this, and I see last week, Michigan catching eight at home against Ohio State. So that tells me that it's probably the betting market or so thinks that Ohio State on a neutral is likely double-digit favorites against a Michigan team. And now we're seeing Michigan laying double digits against Iowa. So if this was Ohio State, Iowa, what is this, 21? Like, what are we – like? Is anything maybe inflated after what we saw a week ago with Michigan winning outright as a touchdown dog against the Buckeyes now turning around and being favorites against the Hawkeyes? That's an excellent point you raised, but I would make this argument. Had Ohio State and Michigan played in the Dome in Indianapolis, I think the Buckeyes, even though in Michigan's offense play, defense played well, I think the Buckeyes would have been able to go up and down the field on them because of the controlled weather. Because if you notice in that game, they only took two long shots down the field, one to Olave and the other one to Wilson, which was they were both caught. Mm-hmm. But their, their deep passing game would have been far more effective. I think Michigan, with their ability in this game to throw the ball with a lot more comfort, and they've run the ball heavily this year with Haskins, but I think they'll be able to use Quorum in a couple of spots. I just think that Michigan's got better athletes than Iowa across the board. You look at this Hawkeyes team. They've beaten up on some weaker opponents. Minnesota's been solid, but that was a five-point win at home. They, they beat Illinois, and Illinois scored 23 against them. Northwestern game, they slide by at 17-12. to 12. Nebraska, they're trailing. It takes a special teams play to be able to come from behind in that one. Mm-hmm. The Penn State game, they win because Sean Clifford goes down. I think Michigan is a far more complete football team. I think the, the, I don't remember a team coming into a game, it's been a while, that has this much momentum off of the previous victory. I mean, what they were able to do, now granted they, they were you know very busy uh, slapping themselves on the back and rejoicing. Yeah. You would have thought the way the Michigan fan base reacted. They just won their 10th straight national title and they were trying to chase down John Wooden for his tour. Forget national title, they won the Super Bowl last yeah, week. Yeah, exactly, right? First college team ever to win the Super Bowl, exactly. exactly. But I, I think they're playing too well. And I think if you look at the Michigan State game and you dissect it, Michigan was the far better football team. And to me, this is a 12-0 team. If I told you Michigan was 12-0, would your perception of them in this matchup be a little bit different? Would you say, hey? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I think Michigan is a 12-0 team. I think this is a team with a showdown where, uh, in Indianapolis. They're going to be back in Indianapolis in a month. Okay. They're, they're going to be. about who, Georgia? Yeah, I mean, listen, I'll be, I mean, I'm hoping right. that Cincinnati-Michigan should be a good game, but we'll see what happens. But I, I think Michigan comes out. And you're going to be tuning in to Wake Forest Pittsburgh by the second half. You heard it earlier in the show. Amal said Georgia, Michigan on a neutral. He'd say six, six and a half. So we could see that matchup in about a month over there in Indianapolis for the national title. I'm hoping so because I have futures tickets on both. Uh, SEC, Georgia's taking on Alabama Circa. We're seeing the line moves there at Circa right now. Bama now catching only six. In this SEC title game, it was six and a half earlier. Now it's gone down to six in favor of the Crimson Tide. Total at 49. They have it at 49 and a half, but we'll go with the consensus number of 49 in this game. But final thoughts in the game between the Dogs and the Tide. Obviously the game of the day, possibly game of the year in college football. Look, Georgia, the only way they lose this game, in my opinion, is if Stetson Bent turns the ball over a couple times or if they put the ball on the turf between White and Cook. I think Georgia, as Mark Zeno alluded to earlier also, the defense is just too tough. We've talked about this at length. I know you like Georgia in this game. To me, the one thing is they've got to have Brian Robinson in the lineup running the ball. Trey Sanders, if he's in there, they're ineffective. Uh, he's I the only scholarship running back possibly on the roster right yeah, now. Yeah, Jace McClellan, a big-time recruit, also hurt. So 
they're really decimated at the running back position. But to me, if you are Alabama, you've got to go with some tempo. You've got to come out early. You've got to be able to set a tone. If they fall behind, I think it's going to be a real challenge. You cannot play this Georgia team from behind. I think it'll be very difficult. And then one thing we have not talked about much is the Georgia offense versus the Alabama defense. Can they get enough stops? We've seen um, this uh, Tennessee team. I, I thought one of the things, excuse me, not Tennessee, Ole Miss, mm-hmm. uh, they had some opportunities to move the football. Arkansas did move the ball against this Alabama team. Oh, we yeah. saw Texas A&M move the ball. We'll see what happens today. But I think if Stetson Bennett plays efficiently, they should be in great shape. In 30 seconds of ball, Houston, Cincinnati, the group of five game of the day in this matchup, American a- or AAC conference title game. Cincinnati's 10.5-point favorites, total 52.5. Any final thoughts in this game? Yeah, I actually like the dog here with Houston, but I think Cincinnati wins the game. Join the bandwagon. Uh, Well, I'm not going to do that, but I I think uh, at Nippert Stadium will be the difference. Bearcats at home, they win the game. They're on to the college football playoff, assuming Bama loses. All right, to recap, you like Oklahoma State minus 5.5, San Diego State minus 6, Louisiana Moneyline plus 120, Georgia Bama over 49.5, Michigan laying 11, Pitt laying 3, and of course I like Houston getting 10.5 against Cincinnati, Georgia minus 6.5, and, and Iowa getting 11. We're going head-to-head in the Big Ten. Final thoughts, all. who's in the college football playoff when it gets unveiled tomorrow? Georgia, Michigan, Oklahoma State, and Cincinnati. Georgia, Michigan, Oklahoma State, and Cincinnati. So chalk prevails, according to Amal. I actually think that's what happens as well. Uh, it's, it's a lot of chaos that could happen, but typically these things iron themselves out over the course of a college I, football Saturday. But I didn't give it in the right order. It's going to be Georgia 1 versus Oklahoma State and Michigan 2-3 versus uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay, there you go. So go back and listen to what we thought the Lions might be in our CFP scenarios if you want to get a jump start on that and find some value when the Lions come out tomorrow morning so that does it here for point spread saturday thank you to mark zinno our visa and sec correspondent thank you to you guys for tuning in good luck later on today coming up next the lombardi line patrick maher michael lombardi getting you ready for championship saturday in college football managing your diabetes just got easier the powerful new dexcom g7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks and because dexcom g7 is the most accurate cgm system you can be confident in your food exercise and medication decisions and all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower a1c get started at dexcom.com dexcom data on file 2023 if your glucose alerts and readings from the g7 do not match symptoms or expectations use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions for a list of compatible devices visit dexcom.com compatibility if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. 
Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.